I'm in the mood for food. I'm in the mood. This is Tomato Radio. I'm Amanda Lenine. And I'm Barry Bailey. On today's episode, we're talking to Trevor and Ryan from Haywire Farms. Now, they took over uh, Trevor's grandparents' farm near Leduc and are now raising lamb, among other things, but mostly lamb for sale. So it's a they're interesting. Their, their story is fascinating, in my opinion. And uh, I think you'll really like meeting them on the radio, on I, Tomato Radio. Yeah, I have a friend crush on them. Yes, <laughs> for sure. They're, they're quite adorable, that's mm-hmm. for sure. And they also have two amazingly adorable dogs. So you'll yes. hear more about them. You, you probably might will hear, hear them. them, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. You might hear a barn cat or two, and you'll certainly hear the turkeys. Yeah, and this episode might be a little bit loud um, because we were in a little bit of a windy space and we were recording outside, so apologies for the sound in advance, but we'll do our best to mitigate that. That's what you get for, you know, we used used to say cinema verite. Can we say radio verite? I don't know. What does that mean? It means like true radio, like the real thing. yeah. Not sound studio. Live. I think... (laughs) Like, it's pretty much always the real thing. <laughs> <laughs> pretty lo-fi around here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Tomato Radio is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Find out more about the network at albertapodcastnetwork.com. And if you like our podcast, and if you listened to a few episodes back when we spoke with Darcy Fitzgerald from Alberta P- Pork, and you heard all about Porkabalusa, which I hope you went to, uh, you might also like another member's podcast called Eat More Barbecue. Ryan Sanderson promotes and fosters barbecue culture in Alberta with this weekly interview show about the barbecue life. You know what my favorite thing about this What's podcast that? is? <laughs> that they spell barbecue correctly. Uh, B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E. No, C-U-E. C-U-E. Yeah. C-U-E. Oh, I'm yeah. so sorry. I spelt it incorrectly, and I think I usually do. Yeah. I thought it was BBQ you didn't like. I hate BBQ and, and I hate barbecue with, with a Q. A Q. Yeah. So it actually be... like CP style, like Canadian yes. press style guide, it's with a C. Which is what we follow, but I never really paid attention, I guess. <laughs> so I think we've been spelling it wrong in the tomato for the past 25 years. <laughs> but Ryan Sanderson spells it correctly. It wouldn't have he been does. spelled wrong when I was editing it. <laughs> okay, for a while there it was correct. <laughs> there was a brief like five-year interlude of barbecue being spelled correctly. That's so funny. yes, so now, yeah, duly noted. You know, it's funny how a word will just, you know, the word that drives me crazy that people spell wrong all the time is caramel when they spell it caramel. Oh, drives me nuts. Yeah. Caramel and caramel. It's not caramel. It's caramel. (laughs) Caramel is like somebody's name. (laughs) I feel like. Yeah. Like Mount Caramel. Yeah. Mount Caramel. It's, it's biblical. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, it's not caramel sauce. The other sponsor of today's episode is the Edmonton Public Library and their podcast, Overdue Fines. That's F-I-N-D-S, not fines like you would pay to the library if you had overdue books anyways. Um, It's hosted by Bryce Crittenden and Carolyn Land. And they discuss movies, music, music, books, and pretty much any sort of popular culture media you can think of. And likely some you've also never thought of. You can learn more about what you can find at the library as well. This show comes out every two weeks, and you can find it at epl.ca slash podcast. Um, and just another plug of an EPL, uh, an EPL program. So from June 22nd until August 24th, kids can read, create, and explore all summer at the Edmonton Public Library. You can sign up for, a reading ch- for the reading challenge for a chance to win awesome prizes and check out exciting free classes and special guest performances. Learn more at epl.ca slash summer starts. You know, when I was a kid, 
I think I spent almost every rainy day in the summer at the library. At the library, yeah. That's where my mother would take me. But I actually really, really liked it. Mm -hmm. I always love going to the library. So there you go. And the Edmonton Public Library has such incredible programming. Yes. For for everybody, especially children, for sure. So definitely check out the EPL. Listen to their podcast. Check out their summer programs. All those (laughs) kinds of things. Sounds good. Let's get into it. We're on the farm, live on location, <laughs> with Ryan and Trevor from Haywire Farms. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks. Thank you for coming. Yeah. You might hear Adelaide, the cow in the background, calling to us. Yes. yes. So, uh, so can you tell us a little bit about uh, where we are and what what Haywire is and how you guys came to be here? Yeah. So we're located just south of Leduc. Um, this is my grandparents' farm that uh, we moved onto in 2012. It's all good. I'm surrounded here, right by on one animals. Side yeah. We have the, the whole circus with us Which here today. Which one's this one again? That's Rippin. Uh, Rippin. So Rippin on one side and Ray on the other. I think somebody should get a picture of this. <laughs> so we moved the farm. Uh, we moved here in t- 2012. Uh, we've been grain farming for. I guess three generations now and uh, Ryan and I moved the farm to certified organic. We also um, added some Katahdin sheep as well as cattle. So Ray really wants to be part of the conversation. She is a two-year-old. Well, year and a half. Year and a half year old Anatolian Shepherd and she's absolutely adorable but she really wants my water. (laughs) Go get your own water and you know little kitty wants something too. So what I love about this place, we've just spent about half an hour walking around the farm, and it's so idyllic. And I, I know that probably sounds like a big cliche, but you know, there's like lovely little baby animals, and there's turkeys, and there's Adelaide, and then you know, and you they name their pets. They don't name the animals. They're they're, that become they're food, yeah. raising to yeah. sell. They just name the pets. <laughs> I love you too, Ray. <laughs> Um, so was that, why did you want to become farmers? To Obviously, maybe to create that, but... That's a, a good question because I, I couldn't, when I graduated from high school, I couldn't get far enough away from here. Yeah. I moved to Ottawa. I was in aerospace engineering. I did a year and a half in that. And uh, I thought that was the answer. That was that was where I was going. You didn't just want to get out of the farm. You wanted to get off the planet. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> Ended up moving back here to the U of A, ended up with a math degree, and worked in healthcare project management, uh, consulting work. And um, then my my mom died in 2011 with cancer at 63. And it just was kind of a real eye-opener that you work your whole life to have this fantastic retirement that you don't actually get to have. And so, once that kind of opened up my eyes and you look around at all these other people who are, you you know, you hear stories of, um, you have hear stories of people who, you know, saved their whole life and then they're hit by a car or yeah. they, they get some terminal illness. And you just ask like, why, why are we, why are we in the rad race? And why are we, why are we doing all these things we don't really want to do? And we're living for everybody else. And that was kind of the impetus that just let's just get out of that and come back to the farm 
And wow. this is your family farm. This right? is my family yeah. farm. So yeah. Ryan, how did you get rope roped into this? <laughs> it was initially you're part of the package. Yeah, yeah. Uh, self-sustaining was our goal. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I immigrated up from the states, and I worked in healthcare in the states as well. And I had a good uh, work schedule where I had week on, week off. So on my week off, I woofed, which is worldwide oh, yeah. opportunity on organic farms. Okay, so. Right. I did. I helped at a dairy, at a livestock farm, at a horse with a uh, farm with uh, draft horses, and then and mostly a, in the states. Or yep, Canada? all in Washington oh, okay. state. Yeah, and moved up here, and yeah, farmed. And then I've gone back into healthcare too. Right. I enjoy what I do off farm, and it's a good <laughs> mental break from the farming side of things too. So. Um, yeah. But you knew what you're getting into because you had worked on yeah, farms. Exactly. And worked on organic farms and Correct. knew what the work was. And you had worked on farms when you were a kid, or was it more you'd come out here and play? No, or we. A little bit of both. Uh, <laughs> a little bit of both, yeah. We, we grew up just a couple miles away from here on, a, uh, on our acreage, but we farmed with Grandma and Grandpa. Oh, right. uh, my dad yeah. did. So we were over here all the time and helping out with the, with the grain and whatnot. So is there a season, a specific season, like for the lamb, for lambs, like when you are butchering them or, or I, I don't know, what would you, is that, am I saying that right? Marketing, marketing them. The yeah. opposite of taking them to the farm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we, um, we try and butcher just twice a year. So I'm, I'm uh, end of November, um, it kind of coincides nicely with the, you know, we lamb on pasture and then there's green grass and they're grazing on pasture all summer. And then as they're coming off pasture, we're, um, we're butchering at the end of November. Okay. Um, some of the ones that are a little bit lighter, we carry over, um, until early March. And then we have, uh, we have another, uh, you know, just a few for, for April, um, available in April as well. So, so we really Easter, try and, Easter lamb. yeah, yeah. So we're really trying to just match, um, match the the lambing cycle to the to the weather really right. to, the, to the availability of the pasture so you started on this farm with grain and then what like how did the rest of it evolve from, from once there? i came up to the farm it was very quiet without animals yeah. and so we had researched sheep for a few years to figure out a breed that worked for what we wanted to do market wise as well as um uh Say just it. management style, yeah, management really. Style. So yeah. mm -hmm. we ended so. up uh, choosing the Katahdin breed. So it's a hair sheep. They get a, as opposed to wool. As opposed to a wool yeah. sheep. Yeah, yeah. So the the main the, the main um, characteristics of the breed that we really like is that we don't have to shear. Um, they they shed out uh, like a goat would uh, in summertime, and we don't have to dock tails. So that means uh, with a wool sheep, they actually. Um, do cut off uh, the end of the tail uh, to prevent a condition called fly strike, which is feces uh, getting stuck in the wool and uh, having all kinds of issues with flies and larvae and whatnot. So we don't have to dock tails and we don't have to find a shearer, um, which, uh, which we really like. Plus the meat is, is much milder than a wool sheep. Mm -hmm. um, the the uh, lanolin content in a Katahdin is way lower, so you don't get that, um, that kind of woolly oily taste that that sometimes happens with wool sheep and people think that's the taste of mutton right it's yeah it's strongly uh, my grandma she's uh, 94 <laughs> years old and uh, uh depending on the day her her memories uh, uh impacted obviously with with age but that memory of being 12 years old and eating mutton is seared permanently in, in her mind, her mind. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think that's true of a lot of older albums yeah. <laughs> before the Katahdin came to town. Yeah, so and that's why we chose the Katahdin too, is knowing with the Alberta market, it is, you know, beef, chicken, and pork. So we did choose a more mild flavored right. lamb uh, for that purpose. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, and that's worked out well. Tell us about the garlic. Yeah, we've been saw. steadily uh, expanding our garlic production. Um, and uh, we love garlic. Garlic growing in Alberta is infinitely superior oh. to anything you can get at the supermarket. Yeah. So um, we're selecting for, you know, six, six, seven um, cloves per bulb. So you don't have to spend half a day peeling all these uh, uh, Tiny little sad things. little garlic cloves. Well, it's also quite strong. It's stronger flavored, so you don't have to use as much. There's a on my lap. So we're just watching the really circus parade around yeah. here. They're llamas in with the sheep too. Yeah, and those are for uh, protection against canines. So particularly here would be coyotes. So and which is the nice thing is we we've never lost a, a lamb or a ewe oh, to any canines, which is nice. So yeah. um, our fencing is also set up for that. It's page wire with hot wire on top for that. And uh, so yeah, we've we've set it up with the intent knowing we would have sheep. So, yeah. We had sheep for a couple of years and some experience in livestock handling. Then we moved to cattle, mostly because neighbors convinced us that we should. Cattle were the way to go. Well, yes, and <laughs> they really needed to sell, I think, half a dozen heifers. And, <laughs> they, and they gave us a great them. deal. <laughs> so, what breed are the, the cattle? So, we do have a couple dairy cows. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one you hear is uh, the one we're currently milking. That's we, Adelaide. Adelaide, yes. She she's ready to, to be she milked. She's milking? Oh, yeah. okay. I wondered. Um, she was just talking. And, but our beef breed are Speckle Park. So, it's a um, oh. Canadian. It's a mix of breeds, but it's become its own breed from Saskatchewan. Right. Oh, yeah. And okay. it's so great with the weather, winters, yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, really lovely carcass. And traits. yeah, that, ste- so. that steer wasn't too big. No, that was no. a nice size. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah. So and definitely, we do like they produce smaller calves for mm-hmm. birthing. Oh, so. so it's easier. Yeah, easier to calf. Yeah, there and are some bigger breeds like Charlet or Limousine, which are really yeah. large cattle. Yeah. yeah, and so we did not go that route. No, and you just hear horror stories about calving. Oh, well, yeah. where you have to be out there checking all the time. And, yeah, you know, oh and yeah, we're. Yeah. Do, I think I hope good. we finish uh, calving tonight. Actually, we have one left. Oh, really? So, was she in the barn? No, she just no. We walked right by her. Oh, did we? Okay, yeah, she's sorry. probably lying down. Yeah. And the nice thing, too, about... I, I think the, the more we work with livestock oh. in our organic uh, system, I think orga- I think livestock are actually crucial to um, organic grain production oh. because it allows us to bring a hay crop into our rotation. Mm-hmm, and right. that hay crop gives the land a break. It lets us mm-hmm. um, get rid of sort of um, um, perennial weeds like thistle, uh, you know, a hay crop being mowed twice a year that it wipes out those weeds and it really helps build um, build soil organic matter and sequester carbon in the soil so i think um, you know having having livestock in our rotation um, uh, is really important for soil health in general 
<laughs> so we do, yeah, we collect all the, the winter bedding and winter manure from our, our winter lots and uh, we do compost that and it ends up uh, back in our on garden or on the field. Yeah. Which is so amazing. Yeah. 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 So it's interesting that you say that about, you know, the, the grain and the other things and then the livestock because essentially that's an old-fashioned mixed farm. Correct. Which Correct. everyone went away from yes. thinking that specialization was a better idea and now people are moving back to that well, because have, of these things you're just talking about, yeah. how it makes sense. You have to purchase all those inputs otherwise. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, and being organic is a little so tricky, make them. right? Yeah. Because yeah. Are there some fertilizers, right? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah can't you can't get petroleum based. No. Yeah. yeah. Be very careful. Yeah. And really, why buy somebody else's manure? You can just <laughs> have your own. Mm-hmm. So my dad and grandpa had uh, had hundreds of cows uh, oh, yeah. uh, uh, when uh, when they were farming together. And so to have, it's been really great farming with my dad because he brings all of that uh, that experience oh, and yeah. um, and knowledge. It's uh, it's actually been really good for our relationship in general yeah, I oh, think I that coming back to the Boy, farm and something uh, in common working together in common yeah. Yeah. yeah and do your parents yeah. live nearby then or are they yeah dad lives um where I grew up so just a couple miles mm-hmm. away oh, okay uh, and so he's we're 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 tight we're you know yeah. he's here quite a bit yeah and you mentioned that your uncle is seeding right now so there's oh, other family oh that's members. Trevor's dad actually oh Trevor's seeding. dad's yeah. seeding yeah oh, he's yeah. out seeding yeah that's pretty yeah that's fun yeah so how many he loves acres... driving tractor which is great well what farmer doesn't like driving tractor <laughs> I mean I love driving tractor and I'm not even a farmer <laughs> I noticed you have a nice little four wheel over there oh. or a little, little cart or Kubota whatever you call or that thing like little Kubota yeah. so I was like so. ooh let's yeah. go out in that <laughs> but um, how many acres are you here we have just 640 acres yeah so we're just oh by comparison to our neighbors they're a they're factor of bigger. 10 bigger than us oh, you know, wow. some of the farms yeah. how much of a section is that that is a full section that's a full section 640 acres so, so we're on half of it section. here so this yeah. quarter and that quarter uh, and then okay. Trevor's across. dad two miles oh my. so the other quarter is across the yep that road. one with the okay. yep yeah. yeah, I thought that's that was something sad. interesting as we were in that where the sheep are right now. How you guys are talking about how that land otherwise would be go kind of unused, right? Can you talk be a little bit considered unproductive? Yeah, yeah. We, we've positioned our paddocks on I think what would be traditionally considered non-productive land. So that's land that's either too low, so it's um, wet for too long of the season to grow any mm-hmm. kind of cereal crop, or it's got. Uh, um, the peat, you know, or peat-based soil, so it's it's not Cold really ideal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it's sort of scrub brush type land. So we've tried to um, utilize that type of land, that non-productive land, where you mm-hmm. you couldn't grow a cereal crop uh, for our for our paddocks around the farm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What what was like coming? I mean, you have a farming background, so you probably weren't as surprised by some of the things once you started farming here. But is there anything that was like surprising to you as you got established that you weren't really expecting? Or it's There's su- always surprising. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think the surprising thing was that some my grandma and grandpa uh, basically grandpa farmed until the day he died at oh, ninety two, yeah. yeah. and um, it's surprising to think what a 92 year old can whittle away in a day um, oh. when you look at at all the tasks around the farm yeah. and so I think that was 
that was kind of a how much they get done yeah that was kind of yeah. an eye-opener to think oh yeah you know he didn't move very fast and but he knew what he was doing and got he got done. a lot done in a day and I think uh, that that was sort of surprising for us yeah it's beautiful yeah like do you feel like you have you have some room to grow there in terms of <laughs> like getting up to your grandpa's like level or like oh for sure it yeah. it, it Actually, moving into the organic production, it would be it'd be just so neat to have um, any kind of notes or whatnot from yeah. his from you know prior to moving to chemical oh, agriculture right. yeah. because they you know prior to the probably the fifties or the, the mid fifties they were nobody used uh, yeah exactly it yeah. was organic everything yeah. was organic yeah and so to have that uh, to have that knowledge would be would be such a treat to have but it it's funny the the little. Um, sort of reminders of grandpa you go to any of our grain bins and he's written in pencil oh, uh, the oh. date that he put grain in and uh, took grain out so there and then he signs it and so there's just little there's little reminders do all over the that? farm Have that, you kept on that well we've moved it to an excel sheet it's not quite as <laughs> it's not quite as romantic yeah right yeah. <laughs> yeah. so what do you think i mean you know, pe- most people are actually only a couple of degrees separate from a farm, but they've forgotten it all. Or maybe they go and visit somebody on a farm, but we really don't know anything. So what are the types of things, kind of questions people should be asking you? Either about the lamb or about being on the farm or about organics or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think the first point is... The, the fact that you're interested in local and shopping local mm-hmm. puts you, nine, you know, ahead of 95% of the population. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're look. I just commend that in general. And I think there's a, a wide array of um, um, options available locally from fully conventional to mm-hmm. um, to different types of systems. And, and I, I don't think there's any one system that's right. I think it's up to the consumer to ask a, a lot of questions and find a system that fits with their um, A budget and B mm-hmm. value system. Yeah. And so some questions I would ask if, if I was, you know, when we shop for products we don't, uh, we don't grow is, um, you know, was, was this um, born on your farm? Did it live under your management system the, mm-hmm. you know, its That's whole life? That's interesting how you and, put that. That's very interesting. And again, there's no wrong answer, but it's, it's more you about that transparency. Know. I think there's, in general, there, there there's room for improved transparency yes. with yes, local farmers so. because if you're paying a premium for a product um, you want to you want to make sure that you mm-hmm. you're getting value there and mm-hmm. that um, you it know is what it says it right is. right yeah. so I would ask you know did this did this lamb shank I'm holding did was it raised um, it, the way that your pictures look on social media right. or on your marketing material or uh, and if the answer is um, well, no, that that chicken you're holding, um, yeah, all our marketing material shows the chickens on pasture, but actually um, only 1% of our production's on pasture and yeah. that, that chicken's from a barn. Mm-hmm. And then you can ask, well, actually, that doesn't sit right with me. Why mm-hmm. doesn't your social media show your barn then yeah. if that's where your production's at? And why are you at? paying extra? Right. Because there's that, lots of barn chickens, right? You can buy yeah. a moderate chicken. You can buy lots of barn chickens. Right, right. Either and, are even local, but just, um, yeah. you know. Yeah, and again, local is is way better than what you're probably mm-hmm. getting from the supermarket but if you're paying that premium then you better be getting that yeah. premium product so i would ask if you know was it born here was it raised under your management system um i would ask you know what was it fed mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and uh especially on the the feed side like um 
one of the issues we're, we're seeing is, and again, it comes with your personal ethics, is the there's been a push in chicken feed, for example, to mm. get out of GMO soy on the conventional side because of the mm-hmm. backlash to that. So they're replacing it with palm oil. Ooh. And I don't think there's a person no. around that thinks palm oil is sustainable because, yeah. well, A, it's coming yeah. from who knows where, mm-hmm. and and you're for sure destroying rainforest. local rainforests yeah, yeah. for palm oil production. So, so there's that... that yeah, I wouldn't you know, the, say palm oil is better than soy. Yeah, you know, so there's that backlash. Yeah, that this, you know, these are these are um, sort of personal values discussions. But mm-hmm. if you're asking, you're asking these questions, um, you should be getting answers that sit well with you. And I, I would expand that too. That it, you know, if say climate action is important to you, I would ask your farmer that. What are what are you doing mm-hmm. for for um, to reduce your carbon footprint or sequester carbon? Um, just just make sure that you know your dollars speak and if you want to you're voting with your dollars and make sure you're getting that product that you're that you're looking for i think that point about um the alignment with your own personal values and and then the the price that you're willing to pay so like if you if you're willing to pay that much like you know you should be making sure that 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 your values are aligning with what it is that you're buying like that's where you should be putting your money for right sure. like, yeah. Yeah. And it's a choice you can make. I mean, we're able to now. Local has become quite the buzzword. Mm -hmm. But even in 10 years, there's a lot more local product available pretty much on a weekly basis or online. Well, that wasn't the case, you know, even like, let's say, more like 15 years ago. For sure. So you can ask those questions and you can't expect answers that make sense because I think there's Mm -hmm. a lot of things that kind of... You know, it's local. Well, what exactly is local about that local? Right. You know, right. it's it's and a bit of a buzzword. For sure. More and so on menus maybe than yeah. from farmers. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. being garlic, growing garlic here. I mean, there's some stores in Edmonton where we shop that are more t- tailored to more organic mm-hmm. shoppers. And they're local is BC garlic, right. right? So maybe that would be a market for us because I think yeah. if you're trying to be what, 100K yeah. or, yeah, yeah. Exactly. you know, whatever it is for local... Like we would with fit within. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think Alberta is yeah, tough. You know, I think yeah. especially off season. Oh, correct. Uh, I'm not yeah. suggesting that it's okay to eat peaches in January because I think <laughs> that's just insane. Right. But, you know, BC is fairly close, yeah. especially oh, in the spring yeah. when you're so sick of carrots, beets, yeah. potatoes, yeah. and parsnips. You just want something green. So I admit yeah. I bought some oh. BC asparagus before the oh, before sure. Edgar sure. Farms was yeah. on last week. But, but at least I knew what I was doing. I wasn't just assuming it was local. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right, this right. must be local because it's in my local market. Right. Well, no. You'll go to the market and the beef could be from Argentina. Who knows? And again, nothing ask. wrong with that. But Just ask. What no, works for, sure. for you. For sure. Yeah, what and works the, for you. The same with that transparency piece. Like, there's nothing wrong with, with um, farms being resellers for other farms. Mm-hmm. It's just... It, you know, is that on your website? Is yeah. is that communicated fairly? Mm-hmm. And, and I love it when it is because to me that they think, oh, look at these people working together. Oh, for you sure. Know, I think co-op is fantastic. You, you yeah. know, like, oh, great. Yeah. This is wonderful. Yeah. You know, they've, they've pooled resources. Mm-hmm. We know mm-hmm. which we all know is scarce. I love it. Yeah. But yeah, but to pretend it's yours when it's not, that's a whole different right. story. Right. Because yeah. if you ask, okay, well, if, if it wasn't raised under your management system, where else does that supplier sell to? And the answer yeah. is the supermarket. Then why am I paying twice as much for exactly. supermarket yes. meat? Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. the, the other thing I would mention, and this might be heresy as an organic farmer, but organic <laughs> doesn't automatically equal better. Yeah. I no, think you so still true. need to take into that, that value discussion mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we just bought um, 
we bought some whole chickens from a, a friend of ours and they're conventional they're fed conventional grain and they're but they're raised out on pasture mm -hmm. and yeah. i will take a pasture raised conventionally fed chicken over a certified organic uh, sbca certified humane chicken that lived in a barn its whole life exactly yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. Something about being outdoors seems to make all the difference. Mm -hmm. but, you know, there's a couple of market gardens around Edmonton that have been, you know, around for a long, long time, and I've visited them. I know what they do. I've seen their practices and everything else. And they're not, you know, they use things when they have to. They're not certified organic. They have no intention of becoming that way. Yeah. Now they're sort of calling themselves sustainable to a certain extent. But, you know, and I'm very happy to buy things from them because I've been there. I've seen their farm. Yeah. I know what they do. I think, yeah, they've used this because, you know, their soil right. is not dead. Mm -hmm. right. You know, so whatever they're doing, they're doing judiciously. Right. And I think, you know, that's okay with me. It doesn't have Absolutely. to be an organic carrot. No, for sure. But, for sure. You know, and then yeah. you make that informed, yeah. informed decision. Yeah. And we're, we're the same way. Absolutely. Yeah. But I'm sort of more, I like to buy from people I know. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen the farm, but I mean, but, I'm kind of lucky because I go to a lot of farms. But, that's but then you two can trust them too, right? Yeah. If you know them or yeah. you've you know, seen and, them face to face. And I don't just, you know, you yeah. go behind and yeah. you look, you know, yeah. and you, do, you know, this kind yeah. of stuff. You don't necessarily yeah. just... Just the face they're showing you, let's say, at the farmer's market. And right. I'm sounding really paranoid now, but, you know, I, I think it's just, as you're saying, it's good to ask questions. Right. And yeah. you're spending, you're spending hard-earned money yeah. and you're paying a premium. So that's And important. if you're asking good questions like that, well, I only say this because we've had this with chickens and we've heard it with pork through a farmer we know, but it's just a lot of people want them on pasture, right? Mm -hmm. Well, you still have to remember pork and chickens still have to get an, a secondary source like yeah. they don't get all the protein they need off of pasture right, right? so they're going to get it somewhere else a grain supplement so um yeah. and only yeah. some kind of pigs want to be outdoors all winter too oh not, for sure. not oh, every correct. farm can just throw all their animals out mm. and say here oh yeah no, no no no, no yeah. they have to have a system if, if you took the the lacombe pink pig and put it out on pasture it wouldn't know what to do yeah, probably right, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and they'd get sunburned like that's why yeah, our, yeah. Pig, exactly. our pig is dark uh, th skin. that we raise are red or black uh, yes and or yeah. black actually last year's were red and black yeah yeah but, we're going to say something about the well, chickens. Well, just back on, on the chicken feed that, you know, oh. we we were, we, we don't sell eggs uh, any longer. We just have a, a small number of hens for ourselves. But when we were selling them at our farm st or uh, off the farm, um, people would ask, you know, was it pasture raised? And you say, yep, they're raised on pasture. They still eat grain. And oh, no, I, they can't have any grain. Well, a, a chicken not? a chicken without grain is a dead chicken. Yeah, and it's so funny. grains. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think. What, they think chickens eat grass? They think, well, I, I guess. And I'm assuming that's the way, the way they worded the question. So and I just, see on social media, Jared Servan, every, probably every two months, has to remind people that uh, you have pork as well. Pork without grain is a dead pig. Yeah. yeah. They're yeah. great on pasture and phenomenal meat, right? Because yeah. they are they're not in pasture. that stinky barn. But they, yes. need, but they still they have to have, still have a diet. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. So it's just that yeah. It would be like us just eating piece. grass, right? Like yeah. they're, they're both omnivores, right? So that, that they need work. a protein. Yeah, we need more than just salad, right? We, yeah. we need a protein source, whether it be a legume or a, a meat right. product. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we have to get a, something. Well, I think, you know, what you're saying is people just need to ask more questions and do the right research. And not just read the headlines and yeah. get all freaked yeah. out about, oh, grain's bad. No, grain's not bad. What? You know, it depends on the situation. Everything mm -hmm. is. So it's all about that. It's asking the right questions. Yeah. I think that comment about transparency, too. It's like, I mean, here we are today. You guys have shown us pretty much everything except maybe like the inside of the house. But it's, um, <laughs> but I think that's maybe more out of embarrassment. Yeah. Than anything. Trust me, you don't mind. Um, 
but I think that that's that's really amazing too and there are lots of producers that would be willing to like I'm not suggesting that you guys are gonna like do farm tours for absolutely everybody but but you are transparent enough to let people hear and show them and show them around everything yeah yeah there's like yeah. a McDonald's beef commercial. Have you seen this? I don't or, think so. Or is it McDonald's beef? Or it's maybe it's the beef producers of beef? Alberta or something uh-huh. like that. It's tied to McDonald's. And, and the the farmer is kind of standing in the field. And he's like, well, you know, you, you guys have been here for the last three days. I'm not hiding anything from you. Like, you know, I'll show you whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and it just reminded me of that. Yeah. yeah. And when people, customers come and buy lamb, like and mm-hmm. they can pick up their lamb, we usually will do a tour. So yeah. if they want a 20 minute, 30 oh, minute tour, it'd be a little bit faster than the one we did yeah. today. Yeah. yeah. It'd be but, a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they could see the system yeah. and see how they're moved at that time of year. They're just coming off pasture, but yeah. see where they've been and where they have gone. What amazing, what an amazing opportunity. I mean, this has been so eye opening in so many ways, but you guys are so great about explaining how it all works and, and Thanks. all these different aspects. And I think, you know, that's lucky for your customers if they get the chance to learn a little bit more about that too. So what are the plans? Like, what's the net? What is the five-year plan? <laughs> the five-year plan. We're on the soil health side. We're we're doing a. Um, we're really taking an interest in soil health, so we're doing um, uh, a number of things like there, including you know adding cover crops in with our our grain production. We're we're expanding our fencing so that we can um, graze cover crops with with our. Sheep and cattle, so then you're sort of more tightly integrating the 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 um, two systems, the grain and the yeah. the livestock. It's oh, just that's cool. you know all the the studies we're seeing on that is just uh, just blows soil health out of the water. It's mm-hmm. really really beneficial. Um, you just added what yesterday to our wheat humates? Yeah, we're we're just uh, um, trying to incorporate the latest research on on soil health there. And just really trying to restore some of the old buildings around here, keep our barn standing. Oh, and, your uh, barn's beautiful. Uh-huh. Yeah, it really is that classic red, Alberta yeah. red barn. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And there's kind of looked like a little cubby over here. It had windows and stuff that looked like a little cubby. Oh, yes. Oh, that's old chicken coop. Oh, that's the old chicken coop. Yeah, and that we rebuilt the first year because yeah. it was yeah. no roof, no north wall. Oh, so that wow. has been rebuilt. <laughs> yeah. the, there are three original sides on it, but <laughs> it has a new roof. Yes. Oh, I love those, it. Those and that one is what? That one over, over no. there. What, oh, that's the one we're one? talking about. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. 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 Was yeah. there another one or was that the one I was looking at before? I think that's the one you were looking at. Yeah, so just trying to keep the you know, keep my grandparents' work and whatnot yeah. around here, yeah. keep it alive. And um, I think we're in the we're in the planning stages of a of a new new um, home. So we're looking at sort of because this one isn't going to. Well, the it. foundation is is uh, shot, and yeah. it's uh, uh, two by four construction oh. with, with <laughs> some, some or none, no insulation. <laughs> yeah, the old newspaper so, insulation. You yeah. know, but one of the pipe dreams is maybe down the road, it, we could move it on the farm and it would be our on-farm store, but that's, oh, uh, okay. that's, a, yeah. that's a distant pipe dream. There's this, The thing with the farm is that it's a, um, there's always uh, places to spend money. Oh, and right. so you yeah. can oh, make I a bet. decision between a new baler and a wheel loader, and there's all of a sudden, you know, a third of a new house. <laughs> yeah, right there, for sure. <laughs> now, would you ever think of making cheese, sheep's cheese? Um, they are a maternal breed, yeah, which means that they, pro- yeah, they do, yeah. they produce really well for their lambs, and their lamb, they, you know, they lamb twins and triplets mostly. But we have never considered dairying no. at, at that scale. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's a whole nother business. Oh, for it, sure. It is. Yeah. And yeah. 
the time commitment you're looking at oh, would lots. be through the roof. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I, I still enjoy working part-time off farm and right. that would really put a, that would put a kibosh to that. Yeah. It does flag right. something interesting though about the farm is that there's that, um, there are a lot of opportunities and, and ideas. Oh, and brewery, so the, yeah. cheese, bread. So yeah. it, and, you know, we've experimented. <laughs> we do have a small greenhouse, so we did try some of that out. But to, it's really finding where your interests and passion right. are. And, yeah. and, what, and also where you can make money. You yep. know, where you can sustain it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be yeah, sustainable, right. for right. sure. Yeah. Are you uh, still working off-farm, off too? Or I no? do more so in winter. Oh, uh, okay. Just, uh, yeah. When it's slower contracts yeah. In, yeah. in healthcare. Yeah. Um, but, but not so much in the summertime. Right. Yeah. Now, how did you two meet? Through a nursing friend of ours, actually. Oh, wow. Because we both work healthcare. Yeah. Introduced us. Um, and that's kind of the name, where Haywire came from. It's like a... <laughs> A gay couple who left full-time jobs in healthcare to return to a family farm <laughs> and take it organic. That's kind of haywire. And we're going uh, scale-wise. We're looking at be, you know staying small instead of moving into the multi-thousand-acre right. type yeah. farm. So the yeah. whole thing, if you ask any of the neighbors, they'd say you're they insane. Think you're <laughs> yeah, um, I love that. I think that's really cute. Yeah. Now you asked a question earlier, a question that should be asked. So I'm going to ask you this question. You talked about carbon capture. Or what are people doing to become more carbon neutral? So what are you guys doing? We're trying to take tillage out of our system and ah. move to an organic no-till. It's ex- it's extremely hard. Yeah, because um, tilling releases carbon, It right? does, it yeah. does. And it, it, it disturbs the soil ecosystem, so the microbes and the ah. fungi, it really um, yeah. it really upsets that. So what? we're, um, we've... You know, first step was get rid of fall tillage. That's an old-time mm-hmm. farmer thing that's ingrained in my does. dad's head. And you don't have to do it. You, you don't, don't have, to, have do to do it at yeah. all. And so... Um, and I even noticed that in gardens. People used to always fall till, and now nobody does. So we're, on a very small scale. I mean, similar thing. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. So, so trying to take tillage out as, as much as possible, minimize soil disturbance. We're extensively mm-hmm. using cover crops, so that's growing a green crop, um, mm-hmm. trying to be year-round. Mm-hmm. So you can do that in with a cereal crop. So yeah. we're, we're broadcasting in uh, a couple different types of clover and alfalfa with our um, cereal crop production. Yeah, yeah. So then that clover grows full season. You have green plants full season that are pumping down sugars and carbon back mm-hmm. into the soil. Um, and also preventing as, weeds, right? And suppressing yeah. weeds, yeah. yeah. Um, so we're, we're, we're um, doing that. We're trying to incorporate um, grazing cover crops so that the animals will trample some of it, which prevent, makes for a really nice, uh, they call it armor, so it protects oh, the soil, okay. covers the soil up, reduces uh, um, erosion and, and moisture loss. Uh, that way, as well as fertilizing out the, the other end of the, the animal. Um, so that's sort of on our carbon reduction and carbon sequestration side of things and then on a personal note that the new house we're trying Mm -hmm. to do is the lead low energy design and so from so that's like more personal but i guess from the farm upgrading all of our buildings to you know high r insulation is, is a major step um i know there was a podcast out from Rural Roots, Rural Roots to Climate Solutions. Oh, they, okay. they were talking about repurposing yeah. uh, abandoned oil wells for, for low-grade geothermal. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, um, yeah. So that's that's something that, that we would be really interested in. We have an in abandoned thermal. oil well oh, on, this quarter, on this quarter. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
So, um, so to, to get some, um, some value out of an yes. abandoned asset like so that. That's a really expensive? interesting topic these yeah. days. Like I was listening to a talk at the U of A with yeah, geothermal scientists talking about, yeah, utilizing those abandoned. Yeah, crazy. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. it expensive yeah. to do it? Uh, it's Set quite up. expensive. Yeah. Expensive. Depending on how the well was capped, uh-huh. it may need to be uh, capped differently. Plus the um, pipe that would need to go down at least a kilometer and a half, maybe two kilometers oh, down wow. to get to that 60 degree temp. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, plus the, the pipe to and from the well to the farm. But um, we're we talking mechanical things then. Yeah. We're talking yeah. pipes, like physical pipes things. And, yeah. yeah. And whatnot. But so. it would, uh, it would change our operation. It would change the economics of greenhouses here. It would change the economics of way. a heated shop, a yeah, heated yeah. house. Um, and there's lots of barrel wells, but they're not necessarily next door to, you know, that's where like where right. it is. That's always an issue. Like how long can the pipe be? Or do you have to be close to... I heard to... one talk where it was several kilometers. They really? would transport it. You know, it wouldn't of course lose it, heat? It does. It, it would, but, yeah. But the, the economics, of course, changes as right. you go with the distance. So you so want to be clo- as close yeah. to as possible. So that's yeah. just... Ours is quite close. So. Wow. Something to Something definitely that's, to look into. That's if, really interesting. Yeah. So. Can you be a pilot project at the U of A? Yeah. In the engineering department? <laughs> You know, apply sure. for a They're grant. Come help. Hey, aren't great. the feds giving away money for this kind of stuff? I just right saw now? a recent announcement, and the yeah. town of Hinton is looking at um, uh, higher temp water. They're looking at uh-huh. uh, power generation out of um, uh, you know water at like 120 C or so. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's definitely a, an area we could be we could be pumping you know, research dollars or pilot dollars into, and uh, would would help farmers or just society in general oh yeah it's very exciting yeah yeah very much it's really neat like how you can have this small little farm and and think about these things things. and yeah do the and do really interesting things like really do some advanced work around here Mm -hmm. i love it yeah it's been just such a pleasure talking to you too i can't wait to order some lamb and yeah. have it delivered in December. <laughs> I have a really good recipe for lamb shanks. Okay. <laughs> awesome. That's nice. Yeah, we provide some of our favorite recipes oh, as well. Yes. Just I've seen for, them on the Oh, website. you have? Oh, good. Because yeah. Yeah, so. people sometimes are freaked out about lamb. Yeah. They don't quite know what to or do. Or they only have one a type of cut right. they prefer. Yeah. So that's why we also like do. Like only a chop yes. or only this. And mm-hmm. You know, lamb shoulder is a wonderful big you know, 10, 12 people, lamb shoulder, that's the way to go. That's what I have on the stove heating up is a oh. buttered lamb. Oh. But it's made with lamb shoulder. Like butterflied yeah. or? No, like uh, uh, the East Indian dish, oh, buttered I, lamb. Oh, I see. Like oh. butter chicken, but butter lamb. Oh, oh yeah, I make yeah. buttered lamb. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Of course, yeah. it's very common with the... And of course, there's nothing better than a lamb chop on the barbecue. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. That yes. is just Fantastic. the best. <laughs> so how can people find out more about you guys? Um, on the website, so that's Haywire Farms with an S dot CA or Haywire Farms Alberta on Instagram or on Facebook as well. Okay. But watch that Instagram feed because right now it's filled with little darling photos of baby <laughs> lambs. Maybe not babies, but you know, little legs. They're so cute. Yeah. Really curious. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming out. Yeah, we are. Thanks for it's having such us. such a treat to Fantastic. show you around and show what yeah. we're working on here. Awesome. Yeah. Glad thank the you. weather was good. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Ryan and Trevor. Yes. Great. That was such a great chat with Trevor and Ryan from Haywire. I learned so much. It's very similar to like our interview with Darcy. Like I could have asked them questions all day long. Well, I think it's interesting because, you know, uh, raising meat takes, it just gets so much backlash. You know, I heard today somebody saying, oh, well, I'm not going to eat meat for a year because it's bad for the environment. I'm thinking, that's not what Trevor, that's not what people Mm -hmm. who are responsible, 
raisers of, of livestock say it's part of the system yeah so I think you know it's great to see this point of view as well because mm-hmm. all we really see is the negative point of view yes so it's kind of nice to hear what they said plus it, you know what a fun time out there it was beautiful it was so beautiful <laughs> you know I've driven down highway two a few times since we did that interview with them and I, I just have such like warm fuzzy feelings about being there and I like I watch for the farm because oh see yeah it from the highway if yeah. you know what you're looking for it's a magical place it is a really magical place it was so, it's so sweet so I have to say, uh, Trevor and Ryan and Adelaide are no. Did Adelaide, Adelaide make was it the in cow. the picture? Yeah, but Maybe. she's not in the cover picture. They're on our cover for our July August oh, issue. Yeah, great. it's called Twenty First Century Farming. It's the start of a series on people doing things a bit differently in farming. Great, you know, organic vegetable growers, people like uh, Trevor and Ryan who are doing or- yeah. organic mixed farming. But you know, all like there's a real sea change in what's happening. So I think it'll be pretty exciting. And you know, the picture is amazing. Yes. <laughs> so, well, if you didn't already guess by that, uh, by that plug, uh, Mary Bailey is my co-host, but she is also the editor of the Tomato Food and Drink magazine, which you can find on newsstands all over the city and also online at thetomato.ca. So watch for that new edition to hit newsstands, what, July 1st? Yep, for sure. Awesome. Um, and Mary also holds the diploma from the Wine Spirit Education Trust. Thank you, Amanda. Amanda is my co-host. She's a, a, a business a, a communications professional, and she holds the uh, WSET Advanced Level 3. So, you know, we didn't talk about wine about much this, this uh, particular episode, but you know we will at some point. <laughs> yeah, there's never, there's never a fear of that. <laughs> Tomato Radio is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Find out more about the network at albertapodcastnetwork.com. Until next time, bye-bye. Settling down at bedtime, such a wonderful day. Perhaps a little glass of port will send me on my way. Oh, feed me, feed me, feed me till I am fit to bust. Feed me, feed me, feed me till I am fit to bust.